Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. In this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast, Jen Justice and I dig into testosterone therapy for women, um, dig into a lot of the most common misconceptions about testosterone therapy for women, uh, like it's not going to make you a sweaty buff man, uh, and a whole bunch of other uh, misconceptions, where they're rooted in and why they're unfounded and a lot of times irrational, um, outline some of the primary benefits and then give you the marching orders that you'll need if you resonate with some of these topics on how you can get this journey started for yourself. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I'm Dr. Aaron Wenzel with my talented co-host, Jen Justice. Hey, nurse, Doc. Nurse practitioner. Great to be here. Say hello to everyone. Hello. <laughs> it's amazing. This week's uh, show is all about testosterone um, optimization for women, specifically women. And I'm really excited to get into this. I have created a lot of content around testosterone therapy for men, <clears throat> but this has been waiting in the wings for uh, some time and we're excited to bring it to you. Um, it is a very, very underrated topic for women and um, filled with tons of misconceptions, tons of um, preconceived notions, and tons of false information um, that is creating um, unnecessary suffering in women. Um, yes. And so we're excited to, to dive into this um, in this episode. So, Jen, why don't we start with explaining what the heck is testosterone anyway? <laughs> well, it is a hormone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and women make it. Wait, women make testosterone? Women make testosterone. It's not what? a male hormone? It's not. It's not. We make it in our ovaries and our adrenal glands, which sit on top of our kidneys. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's a very important hormone. And unfortunately, it's often overlooked when um, we go to get our levels checked or uh, optimize our hormones. Mostly women and providers think of estrogen and progesterone in women. Um, but testosterone is equally important, and we need it, and we need to balance it out with the other hormones for sure. What is it, um, if, if a woman was to ask you, wait, what? I need, what are you talking about? Testosterone? Like, what, why is that, why do I need it? What are some of the, why would a woman be interested in? Well, there's lots of benefits around testosterone. Um, especially in women, it uh, helps our, our cardiovascular health. It helps our brain health. Mm -hmm. It helps with... Uh, our lean mass and our mm -hmm. muscle tone. Um, it definitely helps our skin um, and our hair. So it's got a ton of benefits in women that we don't often hear about um, because of the negative uh, press mm -hmm. uh, revolving around testosterone. Um, Let's talk about those misconceptions. I mean, because yeah. I think that, that really encompasses at a high level the barrier 
that exists between women and pursuing testosterone therapy mm-hmm. is probably the old 80-20 rule, probably 80% of the reason a woman is not pursuing testosterone therapy falls into one of these common misconceptions. Right. Why don't, why don't you help us <clears throat> unpack some of these misconceptions? When I first heard about testosterone in women, my brain always goes to sweaty guys in the gym throwing <laughs> barbells around, <laughs> uh, big muscular guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, and um, the history and press around testosterone, it really gets a bad rap because of the misuse of the synthetic hormone specifically, and then the um, um, irresponsible high levels that it's used at. And so um, for me personally, I was a little scared to use testosterone because I thought as a woman, uh, I'm going to grow a beard. You know, I'm going to take on these masculine traits because testosterone is primarily a a masculine hormone. Um, And so... Or at least it's portrayed and understood yes. as a primarily a masculine Correct. hormone. Right. Um, you know, that, that, uh, my voice would deepen, mm-hmm. um, that, um, I would have more of a masculine temperament, um, you know, become aggressive or moody or, uh, something like that. Um, I would get buff in the gym. You know, I, I'm not looking to, uh, become a bodybuilder per se. Right. Um, and so those are a lot of the, the misnomers or misconceptions that we hear from our female patients when we talk to them about testosterone. I love the way you talk about that. I think the, for me, when I talk to men or women mm-hmm. about this, I, I think, I think that these misconceptions are really rooted when we're talking about testosterone, I think they're really rooted in three layers. There are women who, as you describe, I don't want to become a man. I don't right. have any ambition to become buff. I certainly don't want any hair. Mm-hmm. That's one of the big ones I hear. It's like, okay, this all sounds great, but I'm not going to become hairy. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of self-imposed perceptions of therapy Mm -hmm. in the individual woman there culturally through the media, there is a lot of negativity around, uh, hormones Mm -hmm. in general, but specifically testosterone because of professional athletics. Right. Um, because if someone's using testosterone therapy in a professional athletic environment they're going super physiologic irresponsibly high doses Mm -hmm. and it's cheating yeah and it's illegal so you can't do that um or we're talking about anabolic steroids in the bodybuilding era Mm -hmm. uh, which have nothing to do with testosterone therapy that's not testosterone those are chemicals that are not native in any shape or form and they the only thing they do is create big muscles at at the incredibly detrimental cost of people's health. Then you've got the third bucket, which is healthcare providers who are confused mm-hmm. and, and they have very strong opinions around things that are not factual. They have unfounded and irrational fears um, that have been extrapolated, likely rooted in 
what we dove into several weeks ago in the WHI trial, the right. Women's Health Initiative, um, where all hormones just became bad yeah. overnight. It's like the day the egg became bad. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, nothing changed with the egg. Mm-hmm. The day that hormones became bad. Wait a minute. Hormones make us an amazing version of ourselves uh, in our 20s. All of a sudden, they just become bad for us. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of confusion. So these misconceptions are at the root of needless suffering. And most objections or concerns are, are found in these misconceptions in these three mm-hmm. as I see them. Yeah, I would agree. Um, so, you know, testosterone does a lot of things. We're going to, I'm going to have you help me kind of walk through some of the primary benefits of having Mm -hmm. an optimized testosterone, um, level. We're also going to talk about who this is not for. Yeah. Because there is a subset of women that need to not pursue this. We'll identify the two major groups. Mm -hmm. Um, but at a, at a very basic fundamental level, Testosterone is a hormone produced in both men and women, um, but for women that is critical. It is at the it is at the foundation level of lean mass. Right. So the infrastructure of a human is a musculoskeletal system, mm-hmm. bones, muscle, connective tissue, and blood vessels. That's the, that's the basic foundation, framing, plumbing, electrical. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a more important hormone for men, for humans, than testosterone. And we're not talking about frills and bells and whistles and couches and drapes and furniture and artwork. We're talking about plumbing, electrical, framing, foundation stuff. Mm -hmm. Testosterone is at the core of that. And to be in an environment where you don't have optimal testosterone is to be in an environment where you don't have optimal lean mass, you don't have optimal metabolic, biochemistry, electrical, um, plumbing environments. Mm -hmm. And the downstream effect and consequences of not having optimal testosterone really begin to manifest in these areas. And, but it, it's all rooted in, in, as I see it, in the musculoskeletal system. All of the benefits that we're about to talk about map through the consequences of having ideal lean mass and ideal bone structure. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. Yeah, It helps me keep it really about keeping the main thing, the main thing, mm-hmm. like the benefits are really great, but here's why it's the infrastructure, the muscles and the bones to be a human and have strong muscles and bones is to be a human who's probably heading towards a really optimal life. Yeah. Um, you can put, what do they say? You put makeup on a pig, but it's still a pig, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, you've got to get the core infrastructure mm-hmm. powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really is where testosterone, for me, that's how I think about it. That's how I describe it to people. Yeah, um, that's great. I don't think you and I have ever talked about that. I don't think so. So let's talk about some of the major benefits. Um, how, when you think about the benefits of testosterone, where do you start in explaining the benefits? Uh, well, for females yes, especially, 
uh, skin and hair. I know it sounds pretty vain. And How we'll, do we go from we'll get into the more f- muscles and bones to hair? Physiological one because skin and hair it matters matter to women. Yes, you know. Uh, so there's one exception where <laughs> right out of the gate you destroy my whole like. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. Uh, so we're going to start with exceptions to my. It all starts with muscles and bones. That's right. With skin and hair, we're going to talk about skin and hair right now. Okay. I'm sorry. All right, but it's amazing for your skin and your hair. It stimulates How? collagen, which okay. collagen um, is a, a very important protein that um, that helps decrease wrinkles, um, increases the elasticity of your skin, and uh, increases the thickness of your hair. So, um, you know, for, if for none other reason <laughs> than you want to take right. testosterone to increase both of those things, um, you know, which we talked about in, in uh, other episodes, will increase your confidence, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, have you rely less on commercially produced products to help you with those things. So anyway, no, I, lo- I, mean, I love it for that personally. Reduced, reduced wrinkles is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, um, just walk <clears> through any department store and... There's a lot of economic activity yeah. around reducing the signs of aging. Yeah. And really, in our face, which is where we see most aging, mm-hmm. or at least the initial signs of aging, you get the wear and tear on one's skin is due to a loss or decrease in collagen synthesis. Yeah. So collagen gives us elasticity. Mm-hmm. And so that youthful, young face that is smooth as can be is just loaded with collagen. Mm-hmm. It's just like a rubber band. It's just like right. Um, and so, but you're right. I, I, I'm teasing you about starting out of the gate, breaking my theory. <laughs> but what happens is, is that actually is, even though it's lower on the list of health consequences of testosterone therapy, it might be. I don't know if it's number one, but it's one of the top few reasons why women will stay on testosterone mm. therapy. Yes, that's a good point. You know, they might come in the door and ask about it for other reasons mm-hmm. and have some benefits. And then, oh my gosh, I'm never going off this for the only reason that my skin looks amazing. Yeah. Right? Do yeah. you hear that too? Oh, yeah. All the time. All the All time. Right. So what What about um, hair? Why? Why? I'm interested to hear where you go with this. So where, where, how does testosterone affect one's hair? Um, primarily it helps thicken it up at mm-hmm. the hair follicle. Yes. Um, and uh, it prevents it from falling out. So it kind of works in concert with thyroid. You know, that's why mm-hmm. we don't just look at one specific hormone when women have these complaints. Um, but, uh, you know, working in conjunction with thyroid to affect your hair in that way. Yeah. We've touched on this in a couple of episodes, um, but hair follicles tend to be, um, let me, let me correct that statement. Hair follicles are sensitive to androgens. Correct. So whether you're a man or a woman, if there's an androgen in your bloodstream and then the, the primary androgen we're talking about is testosterone it will stimulate growth. Mm-hmm. So there's pros and cons to this. Yeah. Right? So now we're going to talk about the downside of 
oh, it really makes my head hair really amazing. All of a sudden, you have furry arms. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if I need to say testosterone does not make you what you are not. Yes. That's a good point. It makes you more of who you are. Mm-hmm. So if the only reason you don't have hair on your arms is because you go to a laser spa, if you get on testosterone therapy, you might have to go again. Yeah. Because there might be new stimulation happening because genetically you have more hair follicles. Mm-hmm. If you don't have hair follicles, your, your hair production is based on your genetic map that says, put this density of hair follicles in this part of the skin. So testosterone's got nothing to do with making you hairy. It might have something to do with stimulating what have gone kind of quiet mm-hmm. because you don't have testosterone, mm-hmm. which means you just might need to take care of it. Yeah. But it doesn't create hair follicles. No. That's the misconception, I yeah. think. It's like you're not just going to come – if you're not a furry person, you're not going to become furry. Mm-hmm. If you tend to be a hairier person, you will deal with it just like you did when you were younger. You'll mm-hmm. – you either ignore it or you shave or you laser or you like there are mechanisms to get rid of it, but it doesn't create new hair follicles. Right. What's more is that there are a few women who, because this is an androgen sensitive thing, if you don't have androgen sensitivity hair loss, you will enjoy incredible benefits of increased thickness and growth, rate of growth, thickness, health, vibrancy of your hair follicles. But there are a population of women who will see an accelerated hair thinning Mm -hmm. because of what we've talked about in other episodes with this androgen sensitive hair loss, which Mm -hmm. is the most common cause of hair loss in both men and women. So it is, it will increase hair stimulation but if you are a woman who has androgen-sensitive hair loss, that is something that they would need to talk with their doctor about mm-hmm. if we want to preserve. And there are medications that you can take Which is actually genetic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, you can't change your gene pool. <laughs> no. No, but you just – you deal with it. Yeah. And, and so um, just like you can't change the genetics that dictate the amount of hair follicles, you can't dictate whether you have some genetic susceptibility to the breakdown of testosterone metabolically right. and it's toxic to your hair follicles. Mm-hmm. I have it. <laughs> that's why I wear this smooth head hairdo. Um, so, and that's the same for both men and women. Okay. So hair and skin, what, what else do we see clear in the literature about benefits for testosterone in women? One of the most important things is it's a potent insulin sensitizer. Yes, and tell would, me more. I would love for you to rant on oh, that you want because me to rant? you love talking and ranting about insulin. It's your, it's your thing. Jen, I love talking about things that matter. I know. And to me, the holy grail of health is a normal blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And chemically biochemically the only mechanism we have been given in our design as humans to lower or normalize blood sugar is through a hormone called insulin right insulin shows up when our blood sugar is elevated and in an ideal situation insulin shows up because of high blood sugar blood sugar normalizes insulin goes away But when we eat things 
which is the primary reason we would have high blood sugar, that continually to keep our blood sugar levels elevated, we're constantly under the influence of insulin. And over time, your body begins to ignore insulin. That's called insulin resistance. Insulin resistance left unchecked becomes diabetes. Again, talking about spectrum, you know I rant a lot about spectrums. Right. On one end of the spectrum, we have hyperinsulin sensitive where it's like your body is incredibly sensitized to insulin. On the other end of the spectrum, we have a poorly controlled end-stage diabetic who you could pour a truckload of insulin in their body and their blood sugars are still through the roof because their body ignores the insulin. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in between, we start to move towards disease. And so finding mechanisms that increase our ability as humans to be sensitive to insulin, I'm very interested in. Yeah. Um, one of the ways, one of the primary ways that testosterone helps women become insulin sensitive is that it creates, um, muscle cells that are hyper responsive to insulin in the presence of glucose. Mm -hmm. And so through the mechanism of increased lean mass, you then increase your ability through muscle cells to lower sugar and not solely depend on insulin. So um, insulin sensitivity is a big, big deal, yeah. far beyond the scope of this conversation. But testosterone is a very potent insulin sensitizer. Mm -hmm. So you asked for a rant and then you just got one. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for, <laughs> thank you for coming out. Okay. So back to testosterone for women. So it's a – you identified, which I completely agree, one of the primary health benefits for a woman taking testosterone is insulin sensitivity. Mm -hmm. Definitely. What else? And it, it, uh, it helps to melt that visceral fat, mm -hmm. which is the dangerous fat that accumulates around our internal organs, right? So that yes. compared with the – or uh, not compared, but – Paired with the insulin sensitivity, wow, that, that sounds amazing to me. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's because of the insulin sensitivity that your mm -hmm. body is able to mobilize right. and utilize that visceral fat that you have tucked away deep around your visceral organs that is causing incredible amounts of inflammation and mm -hmm. um, pathology. Yeah. So insulin sensitivity is a big, 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 big deal. And however you can achieve it as a human, you should be interested in it. And yeah. testosterone is a very potent insulin sensitizer. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. What let's else? Let's talk does... about bone in women. My goodness. Let's talk about it. You mean the infrastructure? <laughs> oh, we're circling <laughs> back around to that. Oh, we, we got to talk about muscles and now we get to talk about bones. <laughs> so, so, the, the, the infrastructure of a human being is the, is the skeletal system. Yes. And one of the most underrated diseases for women as they age, and I have no idea why this is not more, that there isn't more attention on this, is osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. It is still, I'm not looking at the data right now, but it's in the top five killers of women. Mm -hmm. We should be interested in things that kill people. Yeah. And when we're talking about things that are top five, um, why aren't we talking more about osteoporosis? Mm -hmm. What is osteoporosis? It's How would brittle you bones in, in its most simple form. Yeah. So it's, it's bone 
that has lost mass yes. and density. Mm-hmm. And so trivial trauma then would create a fracture scenario. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have a brittle foundation of your home and it's cracking, that's a problem. Yeah. The vulnerabilities are incredible. Mm-hmm. And we should be very interested in keeping our infrastructure as strong as possible. And I know exercise and the sun and vitamin D, strength training, um, calcium, and even estrogen get a lot of attention because they all well-documented. They, they improve bone health. Did you know that testosterone is three times as potent at laying down new bone than estrogen in women? That's crazy. It's crazy. So, and again, back to me as a provider, I'm interested in people feeling great and living a long time. And if I don't eliminate or at least have a strategy to avoid or delay osteoporosis in my female patients, I'm failing. Yeah. And so I think osteoporosis next to insulin sensitivity is probably one of the most important long-term benefit Mm -hmm. from, Mm -hmm. from uh, testosterone therapy in women. Mm -hmm. One of the interesting things I learned in nurse practitioner school was kind of a woman, postmenopausal woman that has a hip fracture questioning, was it osteoporosis that initially caused the hip fracture? Kind of like that chicken Mm -hmm. and the egg type Mm -hmm. thing, right? Did her hip break because she had osteoporosis or was the osteoporosis causing the hip fracture? Kind of the same thing, but you know what I mean? It's just a, a d- different way to look at it or more, more like a fall. You know, if she mm-hmm. fell, did the fall cause the hip fracture? Did the trauma cause it? Or was it the, uh, the actual osteoporosis that she Like if she, she had, didn't have osteoporosis, would that fall have fractured the hip? Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. And I, I, I think that every woman should care about her bones. Mm-hmm. Um, And testosterone is an incredible, um, very potent bone health hormone. Yeah. So what else do we have? Um, Benefit-wise. Improved libido. Wait, what? What? Are we going to go there? You just did. Oh, man. (laughs) We have to keep it clean. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, so this tends to be one of the primary drivers for men to come in our doors. They're interested in increasing that. Can be a driver for women. Mm-hmm. Um, but listen, I, I don't think in the right environment, a woman, if you, again, if you lined up a bunch of women, if, if they felt safe and could be honest, there are a lot of women who identify with, I could use an uptick. I could use yeah. a little bit of an improvement there. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that really went. Mm-hmm. Um, it's testosterone. Yeah. And, and I hear this a lot from women that come in and they say, you know, I, I love my husband. We have a great relationship. Our marriage is the best it's ever been. Mm. But I, I, just, I, I just don't have that desire. And that, you know, they're, they're sad about that. Yeah. They feel bad about that. And they're like, it's not him. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I just, you know, I don't feel like it. <laughs> do, you, do you see that a lot? I do. Yeah, and, I do too. Uh, it's sad. And I know that there's more because I'm a, I'm a male. Yeah. 
And so the only ones I know about are the other women who feel comfortable enough to share that with me. But I know that there's a fair number of women who are like, I'm just not going to go there. Yeah. Um, And what a sad narrative, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, that is an incredible stressor Mm -hmm. on relationships. Mm -hmm. If, if there is grief around that and conflict Mm -hmm. where you feel like you're underperforming, not because you're not, wanting to right. or you don't see the value or you have it's the drive is yeah. just not there but. and recently a, a female shared that with me and what happened was the gentleman in her life just quit trying yeah <laughs> and so Which because feeds he the, oh my kept goodness. getting shot down yeah and so you know she's like honey you know i i really enjoy this um why why aren't we doing more of it and he said i just quit trying yeah, I mean, nobody is going to continue to go to a place where they're sh- rejected. Yeah. You know, whether you're talking about intimacy-related topics or or what. Yeah. I mean, it, it, you just would, you wouldn't continue to pursue something um, and continue to experience rejection. Yeah. Um, we tend to avoid, as humans, things that hurt us. Yes. And so... Um, it is a sad, it's a sad state of affairs, but it's a lot of women are struggling with this mm-hmm. and it, it is neat to see relationships being rekindled because of doing something that maybe there, it was, a, there was another driver to bring you in the door. Yeah. Um, but that is an incredible side effect yes. of getting your testosterone levels Optimize. And again, similar to the hair um, analogy, like it, testosterone doesn't make you as a woman what you are not. Right. I, I find that a lot of women are like, oh my gosh, I like, I want some improvement in that category, but I'm just nervous. Mm-hmm. I don't want to become a guy. Yeah. And where I'm just like fixated mm-hmm. <laughs> on the topic. Yeah. I just want some improvement. Yeah. If that's not your nature, it's not going to make you that. Right. I mean, if if you're a middle-of-the-road drive gal, but you're not performing at all, it's not going to make you a high-drive person. Right. And women have 10... What is it? 10%, 10%. of the uh, testosterone that a man does. It's not our dominant hormone by no. any means. So, we, yes. you know, starting testosterone therapy is not no. going to ramp that up. No, the the only women the who, that a man has, who begin sure. to get in really high levels um, are level the occasional unicorn type, very rare, mm-hmm. but their their nature is very very high drive. They yeah. tend to be very high drive in other areas of their life too. Extremely competitive, mm-hmm. incredibly uh, out there professionally and grinding and competing. They just like that environment they crave that and in their best self they probably are very high drive uh libido wise right um but that's very rare Mm -hmm. we might have a handful of people in that category um but most women it's just a i could be doing better Mm -hmm. and i'm not yeah and it's becoming a stressor in our marriage right um okay so we went there, Jen. Good job. We got through it, I think. 
Need a break? Yeah. (laughs) Need a drink. (laughs) (laughs) What else? Uh, Well. What about mood? Let's talk about mood. Yeah, it's a great mood enhancer. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and, and this goes back to being kind of written off as a female, usually, not in our practice, but usually, um, when you present with symptoms of decreased mood, mm-hmm. um, borderline depression, yes, um, you know, and maybe your mood is not affecting you on a daily basis where, you know, it's that severe where you, you don't want to get out of bed or, uh, you know, you just feel blue all the time, but there's just sort of like this underlying gray yeah. feeling. Sneaky. Yeah. Um, and, uh, testosterone can definitely definitely help with mood. I find in this topic with women, it's similar to thyroid Mm -hmm. in that they share similar effects on women in the energy department Mm -hmm. that what women will identify as depression or blues or fatigue really is an energy currency problem. Yeah. They just, they wake up in the middle in the morning and they just don't have it in the tank. Yeah. Uh, Or or they do, but way too early in the day, are they hitting a wall? Mm -hmm. They just don't have the, the ability to, to move through the day at an acceptably, um, at an acceptable level for productivity and to feel good. Yeah. And it's an energy issue. I don't know if you remember, but when I started testosterone therapy, I texted you (laughs) the next day and I said, Oh, when am I supposed to start feeling this? And you said, "Uh, probably within 24 hours. Why? And I said, because I feel amazing. And it just had that veil lifted of the Mm. brain fog and the, you know, just kind of like overall fatigue and just kind of feeling down. Do you hear a lot of brain fog with women? Yes. Yes. Because I hear that with men. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, they come in and they say, uh, you know, I can't, I feel like I can't focus. I'm Mm -hmm. going a million miles an hour, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I'm running a business or I'm taking care of five kids or both. both, uh, Mm -hmm. And I, I just, you know, I'm forgetting things. Yeah. I have to keep a list all the time. Yeah. Is what they'll say. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that, that brain fog being lifted is usually sometimes one of the first things they come back and say, and you could tell it in their mood when they come Mm -hmm. back, they're bubblier they're you know more animated they just kind of have this glow about them you're like yeah that's that's testosterone (laughs) yeah no that's so good it's 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 so neat to hear your perspective on this too because you know as a man i see these things and i'm evaluating them but it's neat to get your uh feminine perspective Mm -hmm. on on how these women are um reacting and responding i think that we need to make sure that we're including the benefits of cardiovascular disease with women. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I didn't mention this, but we're going to furnish in the show notes tons of uh, studies that validate what we're talking about kind of casually in conversation, Mm -hmm. but the data are there. And um, cardiovascular disease, again, the number one killer of human beings um, and still the number one killer of women. Yes. So uh, heart disease used to be thought of as a disease of 60-year-old smoking men. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Well, and women think that cancer is the number one killer of them. No. None of them suspect heart disease. Incorrect. Incorrect. Yeah. Um, Cancer is still in the top five. Yeah. And... uh, Along with osteoporosis. mm -hmm. But nobody's taken the throne away from cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. If you have any ambition as a woman to live a long and vibrant life and reducing the risk of heart disease isn't your number one health goal. Mm-hmm. Um, you might get lucky, but odds are there's going to be some regret. If mm-hmm. this, if you don't have a really good strategy to make sure you're doing all that you can to eliminate your risk of heart disease, because it, it'll kill you. Yeah. And the data says that, mm-hmm. um, I think that, uh, and, and the studies, again, we'll link to these. I, I again believe that the primary benefit that has been found, so it's, it, it's been found, there are some opinions as to why or how that is, the benefit is being achieved, but I believe that it's rooted in my primary thesis on health, which is the insulin sensitivity. Yeah. If you are hyperinsulin sensitive and you have optimal amounts of lean mass on your body and your bones and infrastructure are strong and you have the energy and the brain fog lifted and, and the clarity not inflamed and you're not inflamed and you feel am- you're active and you're lifting and you're pursuing mm-hmm. fitness and you're engaging and you have hot like it's the momentum the snowball that happens when you when you keep the main thing the main thing, yep. then you can move on to the other things. Right. Um, and now we have the data to back it up. It, it, it really is a conversation that almost every woman should at least consider having. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to add about cardiovascular benefit or? No, I okay. think that's great. It's a good overview. I think we would be... Uh, it would be irresponsible for us to to not address a couple of groups of women who um, should not take testosterone, exactly, uh, and a group of women who need to really debate this mm-hmm. and think about it and have, you know, probably ongoing dialogue and conversation with their family and their physician. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the group that it's a no go? Definitely, uh, if you're a woman that's currently pregnant it's a no-go yes uh absolutely not it's it's toxic to the fetus so contraindicated that's right um if you're currently breastfeeding yes um it would not be something that you could pursue at this time um and even if you're planning pregnancy you know we we talk a lot to our female patients about uh taking those precautions to not get pregnant while you're on testosterone Mm -hmm. if that's not something that you currently want to it do. It needs to be high on their radar. Right. And if they exactly. get pregnant despite their efforts, they need to stop therapy immediately. Yes, exactly. And so it's just a, it's a, it's a risk that is known. It's understood. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes the benefits outweigh the risks and yep. you pursue it anyway, but you need to take precautions to uh, not get pregnant. Yep. And if you do, you have to stop immediately. And I think as long as women understand that they feel empowered and they can make those decisions for themselves. Yeah. Um, the group of women who um, there's also actually one more group of women who it's contraindicated and that's any form of active cancer. Correct. Um, and that's actually true for all hormones 
um, for the most part. Yeah. Um, active. They're actively being treated for cancer. Mm-hmm. You've got other fish to fry. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you need to you, – all of your effort, effort resources, energy need to be on mm-hmm. eliminating cancer out of your body and worry about hormone optimization once that's behind you. But um, it's actually – Contraindicated. What if you have a personal family history of 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 breast cancer or any type of hormone sensitive cancer? Yeah, well, that's that's where we get into a little bit of the gray area, mm-hmm. and this is the the group of women that need to don't go cannonballing into this pool. We yeah. really need to pump the brakes and really make sure we understand our risk profile. There are a number of uh, inheritable cancers. Uh, breast, ovarian, um, for example, uh, that when you do the genetics on these tumors, they're hormone sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, My feeling is if you have a family history of a hormone sensitive breast cancer, my first question, or, 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 or female cancer, well, what cancer was it? Mm Mm-hmm. What hormone was it sensitive to? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then have an, a discussion with your primary. And probably uh, if you have a f- history of it, then obviously you don't have an oncologist. But getting some other opinions to understand that. Um, if you have a history of uh, a, a strong family history of breast cancer or uterine ovarian cancer, but not necessarily hormone sensitive uh, breast cancers, I don't think it's an absolute no, but it's, it's a maybe. Yeah. And it, it really needs to be thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as you're thoughtful about it, I, I think that there are a number, a fair number of women who have a strong family history of GYN cancers and frankly, a history of cancer themselves, Right. who it wasn't hormone sensitive and We've accounted for the downside, and it's safe to move forward. Yeah. And they're experiencing all the benefits. And, uh, But it just needs to be these – the, these are the types of women where, at least in our practice, we really take our time. Yes. And we, loop in the specialists. I love yes. that. I love that. Yeah. No, I, we don't – this is not something that you need to be cavalier mm-hmm, about. Mm-hmm. And, and life is about mitigating risk mm-hmm. and maximizing upside. Yeah. And so we want all upside and no downside. And we have the ability now, I think, with relatively high levels of assurance that if we're thoughtful, we can navigate our life really keeping that kind of a disproportionate upside to downside, kind of like there might be a little bit of downside potential, but we're hedging against it and it's all upside. Yeah. And we're, we know exactly what we're looking for mm-hmm. in the potential downside. Right. And I think that's the way that we should navigate our life, whether we're talking about finances mm-hmm. or um, health, mm-hmm. you know, pros versus cons, upside versus downside, uh, benefits versus risks is, an, is a very common way to. Yeah. Um, there are going to be a lot of women who have a very, very scary family history or potentially a, fa- a personal history that may be a little nerve wracking. But after you look at all of the data, the benefits might be very clearly in favor of moving forward in therapy. Yeah. But you just need to be able to know those risks. Yeah. I think it's important to, to Safety talk. Safety first. E- absolutely. A- absolutely 100%. So 
if you're talking to a woman uh, and they are saying, oh, my gosh, this sounds like I'm so curious. I, I have no idea where I am. What are the first as we like to do in this podcast, we like to give some actionable mm-hmm. steps, some marching orders for the listeners to go out and kind of, you know, take those next steps. What would those next steps be if a woman was interested in starting the journey? Yeah. Well, the first thing is find a provider that will listen, right? Uh-huh. Um, you know, don't take these symptoms lightly as a woman that they could and most likely due to a hormonal imbalance and um, getting those levels checked is the n- next best step. Um, in our practice, we test total testosterone, and then we also test free testosterone levels. What's the difference? Uh, well, the free testosterone, similar to th- uh, free T3 and thyroid, is at the active tissue level. It's mm-hmm. doing all the work in your body to... Um, it's just doing all the work. It's the most bioavailable. It's what your body is using um, uh, from the total testosterone. Yeah, the active form. The active form, mm-hmm. right. Right. And that is what we what we optimize. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the total is kind of academic. Yeah. Like we get the total wherever we need it to be to get the free mm-hmm. where we want it. Right. And you symptom-free with no side effects. Correct. So the, the, that's kind of our formula. Yep. What about testosterone? So should a woman just be like, I want my testosterone checked? Or are there other things that she needs to be looking at in addition to testosterone? I think don't just focus just on testosterone. Get all of your your Mm -hmm. levels checked. You know, you mentioned earlier, women are – I feel like the two hormones that women are most sensitive to are testosterone and thyroid. Totally agree. And so, you know, when we start optimizing all hormones, they feel better. Um, but specifically looking at all of your, your female hormones in addition to testosterone, don't leave it out by Mm -hmm. any means, but use your symptoms and your testosterone levels, uh, in addition to the others. Yeah. Hormones don't exist in a vacuum. Correct. This is one of the big problems with the way that hormones are explained, taught Mm -hmm. and thought about. Across the board, whether we're talking about medical professionals or non-medical professionals, we think about testosterone and we go vertical and we Mm -hmm. just stay there. These hormones are a complex um, matrix Mm -hmm. of interconnectivity and influence. And very rarely do you look at everything and say, oh, there's just this one dial that needs to be tweaked. Yeah. It's – it does happen. I call those the silver bullets, Mm -hmm. but but they're very rare. Um, And to your point – Women tend to really quickly resonate with hormonal therapy around hormones that are quick to impacting the way they feel. Yes. For me, within 24 hours. The thyroid and testosterone, those two are – they map quickest Mm -hmm. to feeling changes. Yeah. They also happen to have tons of downstream benefits that are well-documented that we've kind of just talked about. Mm -hmm. But there is this little bit of thyroid, little bit of testosterone in the back of my head with a lot of women as they start to present their symptoms. And I'm like, oh, man. And then the combination of the two tend to really, for many women, just a little tweak here and a little tweak here. None of them are broken. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're just suboptimal. And it... 
it's not additive. It's not a one plus one equals two. For many women, it's a one plus one equals like 14. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very like synergistic uh, relationship between those two. Um, okay. Any parting thoughts before we? Yeah. I mean, if I had to give my advice, it would be. I want your advice, Jen. <laughs> the world wants your advice. Make your own decisions. You know, mm. not everybody needs or wants to pursue bioidentical hormone therapy and that's okay but do your research you know Mm -hmm. find a provider you trust dig into the studies if you're nerdy yes Uh, but but find research that's rooted in uh real unbiased ways Mm -hmm. that you can understand and and make your own decision about it and and you know if you are symptomatic don't blow it off um, that there is hope and there's a way to alleviate a lot of these uh, things that you're suffering from. I love that. Yeah. It's great. I mean, that is, uh, if you feel great, then maybe this was an interesting conversation. Then keep on doing you. Right. But if for whatever reason you don't feel great, you deserve to be able to talk about this because mm-hmm. um, there's likely something you can do about it. Right. But make it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Words of wisdom from Jen Justice. (laughs) There you go. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, Dig into the show notes and um, give us your feedback. Share this episode with anybody who you think would be – who would benefit from it. Um, And as always, we appreciate your time and your attention. Uh, We don't take it lightly. We'll talk to you next time. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor-patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.